trade efficiency with NACFI's Mike Roth and Friends. In episode 27, Greg Hintler, Managing Director of the Mobility House joins me, where he shares his thoughts on the pace of change in the electric truck space, the Mobility House's role in bringing charging infrastructure solutions to market, the importance of early and thorough planning for electric vehicles now and for the future, and why interoperability matters. He also explains vehicle-to-grid integration and why we should care about it. Today we have joining me Greg Hintler. He's the Managing Director of the Mobility House USA. This uh, this podcast is called uh, Freight Efficiency with NACFI's Mike Roth and Friends. And so I always try to you know give the, the audience some insight as to you know, kind of when we became friends. Do you recall how we uh, how we became connected? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the first time we met was uh, 2018 at, at, at Verge, and you were presenting a TCO, a total cost of ownership calculator for electric trucks to help, you know, fleets better understand the impact of, of electrification. And I think around the same time, we also started working with uh, a team at RMI and you know, one of the first things that your colleague Lynn Daniels and uh, John Kreitz were saying is, hey, you know, Greg, if, if you're working on electrification, uh, um, you you really need to uh, to talk to Mike. And so, you know, we, we took that to heart and uh, connected. And, and I think, you know, since then met at many industry events, such as, you know, ACT Expo, the Advanced Clean Transportation Expo, and, um, other big trade shows. And obviously lately just in, in in virtual spaces but hopefully that'll change soon again yeah no that, i'm glad you reminded me because um you know that that was october 2018 when we published our medium duty report and got into the the cost the total cost of ownership i mean it's that's really hard to do right these trucks are so new and we'll probably get into that in a half hour here but trucks are so new and and you know they, the 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 industry's wanting some real confidence in the TCO not just you know we think you're going to save this and we think it's going to cost this and and so um yeah, it's kind of where we're at uh with electric trucks and so yeah so I'm glad you reminded me and and um what what particular did uh, the mobility house do with RMI um around this space We've worked with RMI to to really better understand what is it that fleets need today and fleets need tomorrow as it relates to fleet electrification. What are their pain points when it comes to to charging and how why might someone like us, the mobility house, be able to to support them? And you know, RMI was a great thought partner along the way, and you know, all of that work. Where that work also influenced some of the reports that now came out. So, for instance, the report uh, "Steep Climb Ahead" that was issued um, beginning of this year um, by Lynn Daniels and um, and uh, Chris Chris Nelder. Um, that that includes some of those those insights that we were able to capture together. Yeah, that reminds me. I've got both those gentlemen on my list to have a podcast to speak specific to the steep climb ahead report. So um, you reminded me to go do that. Um, so uh, how did you personally get involved in, in this space? What was your background and, and why are you doing this work? I've, I've been with the mobility house for a bit more than three years now. Um, you know, I decided to, to take on this opportunity to build out the US business of uh, the mobility house because it allowed me to, to build on my experiences from previous endeavors. So, 
you know, DMH or Mobility House sits on the intersection between the transportation and the energy industry. And those were the spaces that I've been passionate about for a long time. You know, going way back, I grew, grew up in rural Bavaria, close to the Alps. And, you know, even as a child was able to see glaciers disappearing and other impacts of climate change. So pretty early on in my life, I made the decision to, you know, dedicate my life to mitigating climate change. And um, for me, that was you know, early on working in, in reforestation and then transitioned into the energy space. And as I was working in the energy space, I was doing lots of analysis on the power sector and um, you know, greenhouse gas emissions in the space saw those really declining. But at the same time, in um, the transportation sector started, uh, we started seeing rising emissions. And, you know, by 2016, 2017, um, transportation emissions had surpassed um, emissions in the, the power sector. And so that's when I decided, hey, maybe I should make a transition into the transportation space. Maybe that's where we um, need the most boots on the ground. And, and so I ended up at uh, Mercedes-Benz and their R&T team in Silicon Valley. And Know, from from there, I made the transition to the mobility house, where we now have the vision to create both a zero emission energy future, but also a zero emission transportation future. And we're doing that by building technology that enables fleets in a, um, to to charge in a way that's cost efficient for the owners, um, but also helps reduce emissions and benefits the power grid. So really bringing everything yeah. to, together that I care about. Yeah, what a great story. I mean, going from just seeing glaciers diminish to actually now having a really important role that's that's really making things happen in, in trucking. And, you know, trucking is now surpassing cars with respect to, you know, greenhouse gas emissions. So where do you see, um, and I, I'm guessing the mobility house does work in both passenger cars and passenger car fleets, as well as in, in trucking. And, and, you know, we kind of see this, NACFI, we kind of see this growing from, you know, in the trucking space, EVs first in vans and step vans and terminal tractors, and then moving into medium duty and heavy duty, you know, as, as it makes sense, it won't be completely serial, but sort of like that. But, you know, where do you, uh, you know, where do you think the industry is right now in trucking? And we understand the big picture around, you know, TCO coming in and regulations and some of those things, but dig a little deeper for us, Greg, where, where do you think we're really at? I think, you know, first and foremost, what I, I try to always remind myself of and, and others that I talk to in this space um, is that we're going to see some dramatic changes in the industry. And those changes will be much more dramatic and faster than everyone is predicting right now. And that's simply because the, the nature of technology transitions is such that they follow an S-curve. And we as humans are incredibly bad at conceptualizing and predicting exponential growth. So the next decade ahead of us uh, is, is going to be a very exciting one for, for trucking um, and, and transportation more broadly. Um, you know, I, I think one of the biggest changes is, is really the, the speed of innovation that we're seeing um, because of what you mentioned, you know, government policies, uh, corporate commitments decarbonization, to decarbonization. Um, but really the most important one is this battery technology and the, the advancements in battery technology is what eventually leads to 
uh, the total cost of ownership of electric vehicles to to come down down and to you know be eventually cheaper than diesel. Um, Your answer just sparked a question. I mean, so you know, you know, this transformation that we've that we seem to be in. Um, I mean, it scares it scares me a little bit. I mean, it's sort of like the you know the 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 old uh, you know turtle in the hair, right? The you know is it steady and slow or is it is it fast? And there's got to be a point where if we go too fast here, you know, it just gets really ugly, right? And could actually you know cause this to take longer than than otherwise. Is that a fear we should have? And I guess what do we do to to not have that occur, right? It's sort of like the you know, the stress curve, right? I, I get better and better as my stress, my performance goes up and up and up as I get more stress and stress and stress. But then there's a come a point where it's just too much and sort of the cards come tumbling down. Does that worry you? Uh, you know, my, it, it's a good question, but I think my biggest worry is that we're not going to be, um, you know, moving fast enough. I think we will be able to move fast enough because there will be, there is innovation, there is policy, there is a lot of money going into the sector right now. And there is a lot of willingness to to make those changes on really all fronts. But in order to, you know, make the changes that we need to make, um, we have to run really fast. Yeah, and part of it is um, dealing with some of these pain points um, that exist and finding solutions. So, um, sort of, what 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 exactly is the mobility house bringing that will help us avoid the the? the sorry, I didn't mean to throw out there this big gloomy um, question, but what is the mobility house doing to help uh, move us along faster? We 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 at the mobility house um, try to bring a number of solutions that help people um, build, own, and operate the. Um, best and optimal charging infrastructure. So, it, you know, it starts fairly early on with providing the, the guidance and, and simulations around what the best charging infrastructure is from a CapEx as well as from an OpEx perspective. And then providing um, a software solution uh, called Charge Pilot, which helps to operate that charging infrastructure in the most cost efficient way. That's fascinating. So do you, do you, how do you deal with, um, and, and right now I'm, I'm guessing a lot of this is depot based, right? Because, you know, we, I think we're in alignment that electrification of trucking will start first with depots where, you know, you charge the truck, it goes and does its entire day of work and comes back for another charge. Um, and so do you, do you tend to look at it in terms of, you know, electrifying the entire site, or is it just the first few trucks that they're bringing in, or somewhere in the middle? Or I mean, how do you approach that? Because you know, some of these sites, it'll take a long time before they go completely 100% electric. Maybe some others faster, but um, yeah, how are fleets asking you to get involved? And in, what do you, in, in what sort of very, in what sort of time frame are these analysis important in your mind? It's a, it's a fantastic question. I, I think, especially as we're looking at scaling deployments of electric fleets, um, we have to look at certain topics that are particularly important to consider. Um, you know, one is really going back to some of my earlier points about that early and thorough planning process that is becoming really pivotal um, because that 
thorough analysis allows you to right size the charging infrastructure to determine the, the optimal charging strategy, depending on your vehicles or your fleet's duty cycle, the types of vehicles, the utility tariff that you have um, in the fleet and um, save money in the long run. Um, but you know, these, these, these are topics that you need to consider today for your you know, 10% of the fleet that you might uh, um, electrify right now. But you also want to look ahead at what does my, you know, my operate, what does my operation look like when we have 50, 75, 100% electric vehicles in the fleet? And, and you want to make that those kinds of considerations early because it will save a lot of money in the uh, in the long run. And there are things that you have to consider today to be prepared for the future. For instance, when it comes to interoperability, you mm. want to make sure that you're putting in infrastructure and vehicles today that are interoperable with one another. That you have software, you know, charging and energy management software that is interoperable with your chargers, that is interoperable with different chargers that might be interoperable with other um, systems that you have already in place in your fleet, such as deep or fleet management systems. Um, and then you might consider also, you know, what are some ways you can um, further reduce costs and emissions while in, um, enhancing the resiliency of your fleet. That can be by, for instance, adding on-site generations such as solar or adding batteries or a microgrid to um, your system. And then, you know, finally, and that's, you know, where one of our big focus areas is, is as you're looking into the future, you want to consider how your fleet will be interacting with the grid to reduce the costs of charging and to potentially you know, generate additional revenue sources for you. And all of that really falls on the umbrella of vehicle grid integration. So do we kind of, so, you know, I, this has been on my mind a lot and the NACFI electric truck team as well. So, it, you know, the, sort of the question I have there is, and I think I've got my own answer now but, from smart people like you and others, but that do we know enough about what's coming for 50 to 75 to 100% of, of my fleet being electric in a particular location? And I, I think we kind of do. So my, my first thought was, well, we don't know what's coming, but we sort of know that, you know, 150 to 350 to, you know, megawatt charging. We know that, um, you know, that, that solar, wind, batteries, those kinds of things. So we kind of know the you know, we, we don't know all the details yet, as you say, Greg, but we know sort of what the the, the major sort of points are going to be. So we, we probably do know enough to be looking out into that into that time frame. Um, but you did bring up, you know, vehicle to grid integration and, you know, VGI and you know, all these new acronyms to learn and all that. So can you just give us give us what do you mean by um, or what's typically meant by vehicle to grid integration and uh and, and why is that uh, something we should be thinking about now? So kind of educate me and then uh, why is it important and where are we headed? Yeah, you know, vehicle, vehicle grid integration, the um, Gridworks, one of the organizations in the space, an NGO that's working on vehicle grid integration has defined VGI as the way how we drive electric while driving down the cost and emissions of electric of the electric grid. So in 
vehicle grid integration includes, they say, A, managed charging and demand response use cases, V1G, so that's unidirectional charging, and then B, those are the use cases in which vehicle batteries discharge power back onto the grid, so that's V2G. So bidirectional energy flow. And to, to give you some examples here, so V1G, so the unidirectional flow of power, that's what we you know, do when we respond to time of use tariffs. So when we control charging such that the fleet is, is charged at, uh, for instance, when the electricity is the cheapest. And that's, that's something we and other companies are doing today. We're doing this with our software called ChargePilot. Um, that helps us to that, for instance, controls also the charging at the largest, you know, transit fleet in Metro St. Louis and at, you know, over 300 sites um, across the globe. And then you got V2G. So that's, you know, the bi-directional charging of electric vehicles. And that's, you know, that's where we're, we're only at the beginning um, of the, the industry right now. There are still, you know, some technology and policy cha challenges, but the idea here is that we can both charge a vehicle and discharge from the vehicle back onto the grid. And, you know, an example here is what we're doing in Porto Santo. Porto Santo, it's a small island in, in the middle of the Atlantic, and there we at the mobility house, we charge vehicles on that island when there is a lot of renewable power being generated so when the wind blows and the sun shines on the island and then when there is a you know a cloud going over the island and blocking the sun or the the wind abs off that's when we put power power back from the vehicles onto the grid to help the stabilize the grid there you asked um you know why should we care about this you know why should fleets today and trucks uh, trucking today why should we care about this and now the general value proposition here is um, v VGI helps stabilize the grid while also being able to add more renewables to the power. So it's a societal benefit, but for the fleet owner specifically, there are many benefits as well. So, you know, there will be, um, you know, schemes that allow vehicle owners to generate additional income through discharging when the demand is um, at its peak, for instance, in, on a system. Or, and then it also provides you know, backup power and resiliency options for a fleet or for a depot uh, in situations where, for instance, in California, when you have you know, power shutoffs or due to the wildfires, or you know, as we've seen um, in last fall in Texas, um, when there are cold spells. I'm excited about that. I think that you know, we're talking about you know, creating a market here for these batteries and who knows what kind of um, capacity to build the batteries. So we got batteries on the vehicles, we got batteries at the site for sort of, you know, storage and resilience. And, um, you know, you're, you're trying, this V2G sort of gets a two for one, right? Can we use the battery, um, you know, as both sometimes? And, you know, I, I was asked a while back, or I actually blogged too about utility trucks, electric utility trucks. And, you know, sometimes those um, could really potentially be uh, on-site storage if the truck's not needed to be out um, driving around. So what advice do you have for, for trucking fleets that are thinking about getting into electric or maybe started the process? What, what should they know? And then maybe just a, you know, a quick comment on the general public. I mean, what, what, do, what do people, uh, you know, if you were sort of in a, 
you know, a commercial on TV about electric vehicles. Um, so first trucking fleets and then in a more general case, Greg. Well, I think for fleets, you know, we, we always tell fleets to do, you know, five main things. That's, you know, plan early, really look at, um, look at work with an organization to um, look at your charging infrastructure to what to the future of your, your fleet. And um, that will allow you to reduce your electricity costs and both from a, and, and reduce your CapEx expenditures. Um, look for interoperable technology. You don't want to get locked in with a specific type of tech, technology today, especially as we're so early on in the industry. Um, we tell them, you know, even if you have your first vehicles in operation, you know, the journey hasn't ended. Like you, you continually want to optimize further, um, even once you have vehicles in operation. Um, we, we tell folks, hey, look at different ownership models. If the upfront cost scares you, there are alternatives to that. And then finally, build for the future, you know, from technology and policy, everything is evolving so quickly. Uh, you might want to add more vehicles and charges in the future. You want to maybe participate in vehicle grid integration schemes in the future. So make sure that you're set up from that for that from the get-go. And, you know, now to your question around what for the general public, how to think about electrification. Well, I say, you know, go go to your dealer, whatever um, dealer you're working with, whatever brand you're you're interested in. I think by now almost every major brand has some some exciting vehicle, electric vehicle out there. Um, drive it. Uh, you'll have so much more fun than you have driving a a, a gas car. Um, and you know, my last point goes, I think, to to consumers, but also fleets um, who are thinking and, and industry professionals who are thinking about all this is, you know, have have fun doing all the all the above because we we are building a new world and that's just incredibly exciting and that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah, thank you very much, Greg. That's a great way to to end this. Appreciate you being on and the. Great work that you and the rest of the team at the Mobility House is doing. So uh, thanks for being here and good luck. Thanks so much, Mike. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. Freight Efficiency with NACFI's Mike Rosenfranks.